Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Mira Ferlan, or Dylan, or Danielle Rousseau, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Live long and prosper. Bad feeling about this. This is gonna get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all gonna die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no school. We are at peace, always. You are listening to your Sci-Fi Diner podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, Episode 61. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, wherever and whenever you are, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are here at the Sci-Fi Diner tonight, and we have some goodness that we're going to be feasting on a little bit later on. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, but talking about feasting, I recently, Miles, went on an iPad diet. Oh. Now, that's the diet where you eat iPads. You know, the acid from the batteries kind of combines with your stomach acid to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I mentioned before in this podcast that I was part of the Biggest Loser program, right? Right. right. I finished that. Mm-hmm. And so it was hanging around like 175 for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, I was really struggling to break the next 10 pounds because I want to be about 165. That's mm-hmm. what I'd like to be, right? So I came up with this idea. I wanted to get an iPad anyways, but I don't just want to get it. I want to kind of earn it. Chatted with my wife about it, and she said, hey, lose those next 10 pounds, you uh, get yourself an iPad. So I'm on the iPad diet. So that that is your uh, incentive. It is my incentive. It is. Mm-hmm. I'm down one pound, or was this morning. Depends. That big cookie that you brought might have cursed me. But. And that ravioli your wife made tonight. Well, yeah, but uh, I had the calories to burn. Okay. I'll be on the treadmill early tomorrow morning if I'm not sick. That's true. So struggling just a little bit with the cold here, but mm-hmm. hey, whatever. How's it going, Miles? It's going well. It's going well. Going well. Doing anything exciting happening? Well, um, I should be starting a new job uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, uh, so hopefully I'll be able to keep this one and not get laid off. Uh, um, He's going to be HVAC man. Same thing I was doing before, uh, just to a different company. Yeah. So he's going to get his little red cape, his suit, and uh, fly off to save the uh, HVAC universe. Pretty much. And it, well, and anything else in commercial refrigeration. <laughs> anything else he need you to do. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles, we have a fantastic menu tonight mm-hmm. at the diner. So uh, let's get into it. Here's what the, here's what's on the menu. First of all, we have our interview with Mira Furlong. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, how might people know Mira Furlong? Well, um, there's this little show that nobody's ever heard of called Lost. That right, is, right. You know, just a little kind of independent feature mm-hmm. that's uh, <coughs> put on, like the independent film channel, that sort of thing. Right. So, uh, no, no. It, well, she was she had a, um, a, a fairly big role the first few seasons, and uh, but also if if you're a Babylon Five fan, you definitely know uh, her. Uh, she she played uh, Deline in all five seasons of Babylon Five, and and, and then some of the movies. The TV movies that came out for that, right? And then she was Danielle Rousseau, of course. And Lost was her character's name. That, that, and right. you, may, you may know her as that more. Some I don't know about you, Miles, but sometimes I'll I'll know the character name, but I won't know the actor name. And so mm-hmm. they say Mira Furlong. People are like, huh, huh, what, huh? But that's uh, that's exactly uh, that's who she is, anyways. So we're going to be talking with her a little bit later on in the show. Mm-hmm. We also, of course, if you unless you've been living in Iraq, you already know. Heroes is canceled. We're going to talk a little bit about that and what's in store for Heroes because it's not quite finished yet, even though it's canceled, which is pretty unusual for a show. Right. Uh, we'll be talking about some of uh, upcoming shows for NBC, The Cape we're going to be talking about. There's one, a show called The Event as well and No Ordinary Family on ABC. What's going on with Flash Forward MV? Well, we're going to talk about that here and Chuck. So a lot of TV news. We've gotten a lot of information out of the, over the past week on what's being canceled, what's staying around, and we're going to bring that to you. Also, some movie news. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Splice, a new movie with Adrian Brody. We're talking about Transformer 3 and what it has to do with Alan Tudyk, right? Sounds sounds exciting. And uh, one other show, one other movie we have, and that is... Four. 
Thor. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got some news of Thor tonight, mm-hmm. and we're going to wrap it up with uh, the twist, the Sci-Fi Five and Five, and a DVD release that's coming out that we're going to talk about. Excellent. It's going to be a jam-packed show. We're going to try and keep this under an hour. Good we'll luck. Good, Good luck. luck. <laughs> we know how that's been going in the past couple episodes. That's for sure. Very true. So, Miles, we have some show news. Before We just have a few pieces of show news. Miles, take it away. We have some people we need to thank. We need to thank Dayton Ward. Uh, he, well, for, for thinking us, but uh, uh, he just uh, – he and I tw- tweeted back and forth, and he, he thanked us for giving him a shout-out about his new uh, book, his own original work. Um, and he also just said that uh, the Sci-Fi Diner podcast is an excellent, uh, excellent podcast. So, yeah, and we have got to have him back on. Miles, get right on that. I will. It's, uh, it's always it's always a fun podcast when Dayton Ward is on. It is absolutely. We have a uh, we have some dates in June. We're going to kind of solidify here, and I think that we can make that work. Mm-hmm. It should be good. Who else? And we want to give a shout out to our friend uh, Chris uh, at Subspace Communicate. Uh, We've been thinking that guy a lot. But uh, well, <laughs> we we. He helps us, and we help him, and uh, it, we, we got a good, uh, you know, rela- working relationship there. And sometime we want to get him on the show, uh, but he has an excellent Star Trek news site. Uh, he he also sends it to uh, Geek Blips. Geek Blips is another sci-fi news site, so um, uh, he's helped to get the word out about our podcast there too. Very cool. Thanks, Chris. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. Well, let's move into trivia. Well, gotta give you props because uh, this is one you came up with, and. Um, you really got to be on your A game for this this one. This is a this is a hard trivia question. I picked it up cuz I am I'm rewatching a uh certain series. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm watching a certain series. So I'm going to say cuz I don't right. want to give too much away. This is a uh mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty hard trivia. What do they win though if they actually answer this trivia question correctly? Well, since we are interviewing uh, Mira Furlon, um they will get a signed mirror for a lawn, uh, Daniel Rousseau, uh, on a lost print. Uh, very, very nice picture there. Yes, yeah, very cool. So if you're a lost fan and you're looking from, uh, you're looking for some lost memorabilia, mm-hmm. this might be something you want in that collection. Right, a, a signed picture. So right. this is, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be worth something. And uh, so, uh, but you got to answer this question. Mm-hmm. And Miles, the question is, who is Wyatt Miller, and what does he have to do with heroes? Yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit more about heroes later on mm-hmm. TV show, but Wyatt Miller has something to do with heroes in a roundabout way. But he does, and uh, he does. When, when you get it, you, you're going to be smacking yourself in the head. Yeah, you have uh, two weeks. I think we're going to try and give you the answer to this question. Please send your answer with your mailing address to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail dot com, or call us at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, or DM us on Twitter at the Sci-Fi Diner Son of Wharf or Hurt Side. All those Twitters will get to us. Yes. And uh, we'll work with that. And we'll be throwing this out on Twitter as well to see if anyone can actually figure this out. I think this is one of our harder trivia questions. This is going to be tough. You're going to have to, you know, well. But we believe in you. We believe. We know that there are geeks out there like us that really do know this stuff. We we have some very intelligent listeners. And you're going to prove this to us. Yes. You're going to prove it to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into the main dish of news that we're going to be sharing and serving up, we got to give props to some other podcasts here. TrekCast, podcast that you've been listening to for a while. I know they've been on hiatus a little bit. Excellent uh, podcast on Star Trek. I'm a regular subscriber to it. Yeah, and, and well worth going back and even exploring some of the archives that they have with the different interviews and different people that have on. Mm-hmm. Jared Frombry was on that. and yeah, we, had, we had Jared Formby, who yeah. is a... a Occasional co-host of TrekCast uh, on with us uh, a few months ago. You know, see, it's like, hey, I still got a little Star Trek in me. I'm built on mid-21st century civilian clothing. Yeah, well, next time you see a guy looks like Wolverine, poke me. Yeah. <laughs> Highball and cocktail. Oh. Highball cocktail. Oh, God. This is getting bad. You're listening to TrekCast, the Star Trek podcast, www.trekcast.com. Listen to TrekCast. It'll save your virtual life. <laughs> I have a theory about human evolution, and I believe you are a part of it. Father wrote a book about people with abilities. I, I think I may be one of them. What you can do, what I can do, that is God. 
respect it accordingly. And I wanted to be different, special. I wanted to change. Do you ever get the feeling like you were meant to do something extraordinary? Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. We are moving into our news segment, and for the first dish that we're serving up is going to be TV news tonight. Mm-hmm. Miles, take it away. Heroes canceled. But, boom, boom, boom. Um, but after months of speculation debate, NBC pulled the plug on Heroes. NBC uh, announced um, that the primetime fall schedule yesterday, and it was good news for returning spy fave Chuck, along with the uh, n- new shows, the conspiracy thriller, the event and the J.J. Abrams spy drama, Undercover. The super drama, the, the Cape, will premiere later in the season, most likely in mid-season. Chuck stays on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, uh, followed by the, the event and the new uh, Jerry Bruckheimer U.S. Marshall series, uh, Chase. Undercover kicks off Wednesday nights, followed by the returning Law & Order Special Victims Unit and new series, uh, Law & Order Los Angeles. The new, new schedule brings NBC back to basics with its uh, commitment to uh, quality scripted programming, said NBC Universal Television Entertainment Chairman uh, Jeff Gaspin. Our new shows are distinctive and featuring a combination of the biggest talent, the brightest new stars, and the strongest auspices in television. With this new schedule, we're, we're poised to take the next step for a long-term goal with a lineup that has stabilized and has been building solid momentum through the second half of the season. Our, our team has been working tirelessly to achieve our ambitious goals, and we're pleased to see these new shows. So, Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Miles, are you shocked? No, no, I'm not. Um, I, 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 it, it's Heroes has, has been hit and miss. After season one, sometimes they would have great episodes. Sometimes they have some real stinkers. Um, so, it, not a huge surprise. Not a huge surprise here either. I watched partway through the carnival season, the last season, of course, and I did not. I, I kind of lost interest. I think part of the issue was. There were so many other sci-fi shows this year that I had to watch. And with a limited amount of time, Heroes just kind of fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, along with Smallville as well, kind of fell by the wayside for me. Mm-hmm. And so didn't surprise me. I did enjoy Heroes. I enjoyed the drama. I enjoyed some of the stories. But the reality was it was there were weeks you walked away saying, why am I watching this show? Why am I wasting this hour? Yeah. yeah. And, and so no surprise that Heroes is unplugged from from NBC, mm-hmm. and really no surprise that Chuck has been renewed either. It had a fairly solid third season, although I think right. some of his viewership was down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the cape is back. We, we found out a little bit about the cape. Who's in the cape that we know? Well, somebody we know uh, and, love uh, and adore, yep. uh, uh, Miss Summer Glau. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, she's in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we have a write-up on that? I think we maybe do. Maybe we don't have it. Maybe I don't have it here. Here's some info. Here's some information on the Cape. The Cape stars David Lyons and everyone's favorite TV Terminator, Summer Glau. The description is this: The Cape is a one-hour drama series starring David Lyons from ER as Vince Faraday, an honest cop in a corrupt police force. Hmm, that's never been done before. No, of course uh, not. Who finds himself framed for a series of murders and is presumed dead? He's forced into hiding, leaving behind his wife Dana Jennifer Farron from Life of Mars and son Trip Ryan Wynut from Flash Forward. Fueled by his desire to reunite with his family and battle the criminal forces that have overtaken Palm City, Faraday becomes the Cape. His son's favorite comic book superhero and takes the law into his own hands. Sounds, uh, rounding out the cast are James Frayne from Tudors as billionaire Peter Fleming, the Cape's nemesis, who moonlights as a twisted killer, Chess. Keith, da- Keith David from Death of a Funeral and Mac as Max Malini, a ringleader of the circus gang of bank robbers who mentors Vince Faraday and trains him to be the Cape. Summer Glau, uh, as Orwell, an investigative blogger who wages war on crime and corruption in Palm City, and Doran Missick from Six Degrees as Marty Voigt, a former police detective and friend of Faraday. So this is kind of the premise of the show. Sounds kind of interesting, not totally original, as you kind of heard in our side comments here. I mean, the honest cop on a criminal force is certainly nothing new. I'll tell you, when they talk about the cape, I keep thinking of The Shadow by Lamont Cranston. Ooh. You know, The Shadow Knows. You know all that some of that old radio drama right. that it has that echoes has a little bit of the echo of uh, Unbreakable from mm-hmm. M Night Shyamalan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so could be good. Well, I'll at least see the first 
you know, the first episode, see what, you know, well, because Summer Glouse and I'm definitely going to see the first yeah, episode. Yeah, we're definitely going to be watching it. And, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see if she plays the same type of character. A little bit crazy, a little bit off a rocker. I don't know. But that's the way we like her. That is the way we like her, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes it good. And then, of course, Chuck being returning, as we mentioned, that's that's totally cool. And that's about it for NBC, right? Not a lot else going on at NBC. No. Yeah. And, of course, the event, like we mentioned, we will we'll report more about that later. On October 6th, the planet blacked out for two minutes and 17 seconds. The whole world saw the future. ABC, talking about cancellations and other things that are going on, ABC's renewed V and canceled Flash Forward. And the tagline, I love this, is totally a pun. Maybe they should have seen that one coming <laughs> <laughs> because of Flash Forward. Get it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, here's the deal. ABC has canceled Flash Forward according to EW's Michael Asilio. <laughs> okay, according to EW's Michael Asilio, I'm totally mispronouncing that name. Miles, I should have given that one to you. The sci-fi series based on the novel by Robert J. Sawyer initially had solid ratings, only to see them decline over time. The series took a long hiatus that we never understood anyways, and never won back, won back its audience figures, leading to its cancellation. No word yet if the season finale will wrap up all the storylines or leave fans hanging. Meanwhile, the alien invasion will continue for another year. V has been given the green light for a second season. Uh, the, prog- the, prog- the prognosis was not looking good for a while, but recent uptick in ratings have given ABC confidence in the show for second season. Uh, it will have another 13 episode second season. Well, I'm, I'm glad V's coming back. I'm not, I'm, I thought Flash Forward was really getting good. So I'm, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I like Flash Forward better than V. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's not that I don't enjoy V. I'm enjoy, I'm watching both, mm-hmm. but if I were to choose between the show, I think Flash Forward it has a more interesting plot. I think there's more interesting characters. The characters have a lot more depth to them. Uh, I think of Mark. I think of his AA buddy. Right. You know, there's just a lot more depth to these characters. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, and I'm a I'm a V fan from from when I was on the 80s. But I think if you compare the shows, I think Flash Four is just a little bit better for the reasons you stated. I think V maybe is cheaper to produce. You think? You well. I, I wonder. I mean, um, uh, you think with all the CGI they have to perform? That's the thing is they have to use a ton of CGI, so it's got to be an expensive show to do. But and, and both of them have pretty big casts, right? They do have big casts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, we still have an episode or two left to flash forward. We have the mm-hmm. finale this week. I, I think the season finale is coming up this week. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we're recording this on a Tuesday. By the time you hear this, it'll be over for flash forward. But. Uh, Good show. If you did not see Flash Forward, I would recommend picking up the DVDs when they come out, streaming it, or finding them somewhere. Yeah, it, um, th- this last half of season one, I mean, um, it just it really took off for me. Yeah, and V V's good, V's good, but V's uh, not mm-hmm. for me. Not as strong as Flash Forward. Was. Right, V V is moving. It just seems to move very slow. Yeah, uh, I think they're trying maybe to get as much out of it as possible. I'm not sure. Viewers must like it, though. But yeah, I mean, if they're if, if it's attracting more viewers than uh, the Flash Forward is. Let's move into our next news story, and this is some more ABC news. ABC goes superhero picks up no ordinary family. Regardless of what happens with NBC's heroes, a new group of series, superheroes will grace our TV screens this fall. Now that ABC has picked up no ordinary family, the superhero family action series stars. Uh, Michael Chiklis, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, The Shield, Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it. He's buff and he can kill you he can. with his thumb. Uh, and Dex- he was that rock guy in The, in the Thing, that, yeah. yeah. In The Thing. The, 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 um, and I remember him from The Shield, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dexter's uh, Julie Benz as dad and mom, and along with her kids, develop uh, superpowers after a plane crash in the Amazon River. No Ordinary Family comes from uh, Greg Berlanti, um, who wrote Eli Stone and John Feldman, True Calling, and also stars uh, Kay uh, Panabaker, Jimmy Bennett, Tate Donovan, and Autumn Reeser, according to the Hollywood Reporter's uh, live feed blog. Here's the official extended description. The pals are about to go from ordinary to extraordinary. After 16 years of marriage, Jim and Stephanie's relationship lacked the spark it once had, and their family life now consists of balancing work and their two children, leaving little time for family bonding. During a family vacation uh, set up by uh, Jim in an attempt to reconnect their plane crashes into the Amazon River. But this is where the fun starts for the pals as they soon discover that something's not quite right. Each of them now possess uh, unique and distinct superpowers. 
but saving and saving their family life will be equally important as they try to find purpose for the new power and embark on a journey and find out what defines and unifies them. The pals are totally reliable family that uh, happens to be a little bit amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, the premise is interesting. It is interesting. I wonder if it's going to be kind of a catered, be a family-friendly thing. To It sounds like it. And, you know, it sounds like the potential is going to be a little bit more adult than maybe Heroes was. I mean, I didn't think Heroes, Heroes is being juvenile, although you know, they had kind of fronted Claire for a while and with mm-hmm. Hiro Nakamura and all that. They were kind of young as far as it goes. I don't know how they're going to paint this. Right. Uh, interesting. I definitely will watch a pilot. Another one I'll probably watch a pilot of, and we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Could be a good replacement for Heroes, hopefully with more direction. Right. And that's a, that's the thing. We have no we have no idea what the direction of the show is going to be just from the well, Miles. Let's move into some movie news. Okay. And uh, you brought this up, and I had heard briefly about it, but let's talk about Splice. Well, I, I saw this by accident. Uh, I went on IMDb, and they had a trailer for it, and. Um, Stars Adrian Brody. And it looks like uh, probably just a not very um, uh, hard-thinking sci-fi horror movie, um, but it deals with uh, Adrian Brody's character and um, his lab uh, lab partner, and basically they do some uh, experiments with uh, human DNA and animal DNA, and this um, this creature that's born out of it, and um, and and. It, and like like any sci-fi horror movie, the creature goes amok. Yeah, so the, the, the creature's name is the Dren, mm-hmm. I guess. And it develops from a deformed female infant into a beautiful but dangerous winged human chimera who forges a bond with both of her creators only to have that bond turn deadly. And, you know, here's the thing. Potential to be good? Absolutely. You have Adrian Brody. I mean, you right. have, but could this be a movie that he's just kind of thrown away? Does just for paycheck and because uh, let me tell you this sounds like a Saturday Night Sci Fi movie to me. It sounds yeah, it sounds. Remember the movie Species? Yeah, it's just yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see the trailer. You saw the trailer. I have. I have seen the trailer. Uh, is it promising? Promising, but um, it's not going to be. You know, like it's, this is not going to be a blockbuster. So it's not going to be the next District Nine. No. I, I, I seriously doubt that. No. Well, interesting premise. Maybe I might be waiting for a rental on that one. I, I think I, I might wait for the rental also. Yeah, unless unless the reviews come out. And we haven't heard anything about this movie except for I heard it on one podcast and then I heard you mention it. Uh, but not a lot coming across a news wire about Splice. Right. But we just make you aware that uh, some, some sci-fi or horror movie that will be in theaters um, – in a couple weeks. Yeah, June 4th. So yep. something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. On the other note, this next movie, we are looking forward to very, very much. Yes, uh, four. Um, we talked four. to... We talked to... I mean, um, we'll give a little spoilers. If you've seen Iron Man 2, you know, it made some allusions to Thor. Uh, Thor. Chris Hemsworth talks about the costume and his role as the God of Thunder. Just a couple weeks ago, we got our first look at Chris... Uh, Hemsworth in costume as the God of Thunder himself. The actor recently sat down for a quick interview and answered some questions about the Kenneth uh, Branagh directed film that he began shooting this past January in New Mexico. Is he excited about Thor hitting theaters after the buildup from the end credits uh, scene from uh, Iron Man 2? Absolutely. I just finished shooting last Thursday and saw Iron Man 2 the other day, which I loved. I saw the tag at the end. I was with a bunch of mates, and we all got uh, giddy watching it. I can't wait. It was such an incredible four months of shooting that film. And I think the film's going to be fantastic. About the costume. Yeah, right. Okay, exactly. I put the thing on. It's not very comfortable, but it looks amazing. So it's all good. And then a couple of weeks in, I thought it's getting more and more uncomfortable. And at the end of the three, four months, it was pretty difficult to wake up and put it on every morning. But sell such an image in the picture. It does a lot of work for you. What was the take on bringing uh, Thor to life? We just kept trying to uh, humanize it all and keep it very real. Looking to all the research about the comic books that we could, but also bring it uh, back to who is this guy as a person and what's his relationship with people in the individual scenes. And working with someone like Kenneth Branagh, who uh, has all the bases covered and so many ideas, it was, it was a hell of a time. Thor is laid to hit theaters May 6, 2011. Something to look forward to for next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, sounds 
it really it really does sound phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't get a lot of information here, but I'm excited about this movie. Well, if if it's anything like the other recent Marvel movies we've been treated to, uh, I have uh, I have high hopes for it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think this is going to be an incredible movie, and uh, based on the the franchise as as it's been going, has been just excellent. So. Mm-hmm. Good to have it. We will try to throw a picture of Thor in there because he looks pretty incredible in that suit. Oh, yeah. Uh, but obviously fairly uncomfortable. I think most superhero costumes are uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, they're poured into them. So, I mean, come on. Right. You, can't, you know, no one can have a body that way. No. Not really. In our last piece of movie news, before we move into some DVD news and some other stuff, Wash from Firefly, Alan Tudyk gets a role in Transformers 3. Yes, you heard it. Firefly star Alan Tudyk has been cast in Transformers 3. Paramount Pictures confirmed to The Wrap, the place we got the story. The studio is currently keeping Tudyk's role in the sequel under wraps, as well as the film's general plot. Uh, Tudyk joins the newcomers John Malkovich, Francis McDormand, and Patrick Dempsey in the latest addition to the Human Ensemble. A veteran of Joss Whedon's TV series Firefly and Dollhouse, Tudyk has also been featured in a reincarnating role in ABC's V and recently starred opposite Dermot uh, Mulroney in the pilot for NBC proposed remake of The Rockford Files. So, I mean, I'm glad to see that he has a movie under his belt. Right. I'm a little bit concerned as Transformers. Uh, I guess only because Transformers 2 just did not hold up quite as well as Transformers 1. Now, you were a fan of both movies, right, Miles? I was, but I have, I think I like the first one better. Yeah, and the first one, I think I may have said the second one was good, but mm-hmm. I, the first one was probably my favorite of the two in retrospect. Thinking mm-hmm. back on it now, giving it a little bit of time, and I'm just worried that this will be, this, the third one will fall flatter. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that with Alan Tudyk and, um, with, with John Malkovich, um, some some you know heavy hitter like him that maybe or even Patrick Dempsey for that matter right yeah I mean we, we have some heavy hitters in there not to mention the original cast returning I assume I would assume as well and so I, I would think that um, although they can get rid of Megan Fox they could but she, she's uh, I can the only pretty much but <laughs> maybe just a little bit of Megan Fox right 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 but you just want her leaning over a cycle working on his engine. Well, don't, don't, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on into DVD news, let's talk about we have one DVD, and this is a DVD called Outlander. Outlander, uh, for those of you that may not have heard, because this movie came into the theaters, went out of the theaters pretty quick, right? I didn't even know it was in the theaters. Yeah, well, I think it was there, and it, it was an outrageous genre-bending comic book movie starring Jim Caviezel as uh, Kinnon, an extraterrestrial crashes into Earth amidst Vikings during the Iron Age. So kind of interesting premise. We When we think of alien encounters, we often put it into modern society or right. future society. But you don't think of it happening like in the time of the Vikings. What would it look back then? So I like that premise because it seems to be original, right? Right. Um, mistaken for a member of the enemy tribe, Conan's captured by the king, Rothgar, John Hurt, and the man next in line to be king. Wolfric, Jack Hudson, but soon they rec- realize that Cannon is a brave warrior and make him an honorary member of their people, little realizing that Cannon has accidentally brought with him from across the stars a monster that is decimating the local Viking population. If that story sounds complex enough, co-director and co-writer Howard McCain, working on the Dark- Dirk Blackman, where Dirk Blackman offer another twist that makes it impossible not to sympathize with Cannon's monster. And again... Could be another sci-fi Saturday Night movie, in my opinion. It, it, it still intrigues me. It does. And is it worth the rental? Probably. Well, you know, probably yes. Netflix definitely probably didn't miss too much by not seeing the theater. Yeah. If, I mean, if you would have missed something, people would have been talking about it. Mm-hmm. You can also pick it up from Amazon fourteen ninety nine. Okay, there bad. you go. So either way, mm-hmm. and that's it for our news. But Miles, we have the twist. We do have a twist. We skipped the twist the last time, but let's go into the twist. <laughs> This week in Star Trek. All right. Well, this week in Star Trek. Uh, recently, Leonard Nimoy was interviewed on MovieWeb.com, and I'd like to uh, just share a couple uh, statements he made in it, but we will post the uh, website um, in our uh, show notes if you want to see the whole interview. Um, when asked about um, his uh, acting career, um, about um, his uh, work with Fringe, um, is what Leonard Nimoy had to say. He said, I had a wonderful time working on the new Star Trek movie with J.J. Abrams, who directed it. 
When it was done, he asked me to look at the possibility of playing William Bell on Fringe. I was frankly not terribly aware of what it was all about. I began looking at uh, some episodes of William Bell. The character had been talked about rather frequently, but never, never been seen. I felt that I owed J.J. a favor. He did a great job on the Star Trek movie and treated me extremely well. I'm very happy I did it. The work on the Fringe had turned out to be exciting and interesting. It's a, it's a terribly well-produced series. The character is a wide-open canvas for me to work with. I had a great time doing it. Next week's episode is, is particularly special for the William Bell character. That would be this week's episode. Yes. Then last week's for a little bit, not last mm-hmm. Uh, when I asked about uh, the next Star Trek movie and William Shatner's participation in it, this is what uh, Larry Newman had to say. I have no idea what the next film regarding Bill Shatner. I'm quite sure. I think I can be definitive about the fact that I will not be in it. I have said that uh, I think it's time for me to, to get off the stage and make uh, some room for Zachary Quinto, who is a new Spock and a wonderful actor. He looks a lot like me, and I'm very flattered that the character will be continued by an actor of that caliber. He's very well trained and very talented. I have no expectations whatsoever being asked to be in the next Star Trek film. I can't speak for J.J. Abrams or William Shatner. If they have a common interest, I hope it works out. So basically non-committal. Very non-committal. <laughs> Doesn't tell you a whole lot. Thanks for the news, Miles. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I read over the interview. It's an interesting interview. He talks about, you know, more about Fringe and um, and more about, about him, you know, retiring. I think this time, he, wait, you know, he probably will retire right now. Well, he retires until A, he gets bored, or B, he, uh, a job comes along that he just can't say no to. That, that, that's true. I mean, um, I mean, William Shatner says he's going to keep working till, 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 until he's dead, basically. And he, and he has been. I mean, he's done so, he was in, what, that Boston? Boston or, Legal. Boston mm-hmm. Legal, he was in that one, and he, he does the Priceline commercials, you see him appear uh, in talk shows, and movies, um, right, he's very, William Shatner stays busy, um, Leonard Nimoy, I mean, he's got other things. He writes, he, he's into photography and art. And um, uh, Interesting, both men are the same age, but uh, just, uh, I guess, looking at what they're um, looking at, that's t- totally different. So we'll, we'll see. Well, that's it for twist. That is it for twist. Well, before we go into our interview, we want to give a shout out to the Scapecast, another show that that we're fans of. If you're interested in Farscape Universe, which reminds me, I got to get into this. I got to I finish the second season. I think I did. I forget. Anyways, hold another subject there. But uh, Kevin Batchelder is from the Scapecast. We, of course, you hear him on the show every so often. He, uh, this is a, a show that if you're a Farscape fan, you got to check out. Here's the promo. In a world where we wait for a new Farscape series, one small crew sends out a beacon of hope to scapers everywhere. Hi, this is Ben Brown. Hi, I'm Claudia Black. Hi, I'm David Franklin. Hi, this is Rayleigh Hill. Hi, this is Paul Goddard. Hi, I'm Gigi Edgley, and you're listening to Escape Cast. Hi, everyone. Attention. Last time in our hero's journey. La, la, la. Well, you are, she says, as she's knocking John out with her rifle. I'm Wendy Hembrock with the news. Yeah, baby, it's time once again. Bye. L-M-N-O-P. You know, I'm tired of these mother frilling snakes on my mother frilling leviathan. Holy cannoli. I'll feed the vampire slayer. We'll be dead. Oh, no. You can find the Skatecast at skatecast.org. Every time I think that there's more to you than a pair of pushed-up loomers and a corset. If only we had some way to keep up our stamina. Naughty mist. Does mommy know your head? Oh, no. Mommy doesn't. No. Here's a rematch, Crichton. What a lovely fantasy of family reconciliation. Where's your neck? Shut up. Escape Cost, your guide to the wonders of Farscape. Welcome back to the Fly Fight Honor Podcast. We are here to bring you our interview with Mira Furlong. Those of you who are Lost fans, those of you who are Babylon fans, this is an interview you will not want to miss. That is correct. Um, yeah, was, we had a good time talking with her, and uh, I know a lot of the fans at the, at the convention were very appreciative that uh, she was there. Uh, Lost fans and Babylon 5 fans alike. Yeah, and, and what a sweet lady to talk to. You know, she has this great Yugoslavian accent that kind of, you know, 
captures everything. But what an actor with some rich history, acting long before she hit the U.S. screen. Right. And we just had a really good time chatting with her, mm-hmm. meeting with her, hanging out with her for about a 25 minutes to half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is very, very cool. So we're very delighted to give you this interview. Oversized steam. A ship went aground on this island 16 years ago. There were six of us. My team. Our vessel was three days out of Tahiti when our instruments malfunctioned. It was night. A storm. The sounds. The ship slammed into rocks, ran aground. The hull breached beyond repair. So, we made camp, dug out this temporary shelter. (sighs) Temporary. Our ship picked up a transmission, a voice repeating those numbers. We did it to Athens. The dark territory. Black Rock is not far. This is where it all began, when my team got infected, when Montan lost his arm. Took them, one after the other. The firing pin has been removed. Robert didn't notice it was missing either. When I shot him. The baby and I were together for only one week. When I saw black smoke. Pillar of black smoke, five kilometers inland. That night, they came. They came and took her. Alex. They took my baby. Ladies and gentlemen, unless you've been living under a rock, you know the buzz about the series finale of the epic series Lost. Well, we're here with somebody that was there from the beginning. We're delighted to bring you the lovely lady who brought uh, Ms. Daniel Rousseau herself, Ms. Mira Furlong. Uh, Ms. Furlong, thank you for taking time today to speak with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thank you for delighted. giving me this wonderful coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're delighted. In the morning. That's <laughs> what keeps us going, right? <laughs> right. It's a little early on a Saturday morning. Um, did you get a chance to see the, the last uh, Lost uh, no. Okay. okay. All right. Then we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, okay. Uh, now, let me ask you that question. Do you watch Lost then? Well, it's, 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 you know, it's tricky watching the shows that you were connected or are connected with right. and so on. And uh, I was away. I, I did a couple of projects in Europe, so I wasn't here. So okay. I wasn't, you know, in tune. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Now, you were on how many seasons of Lost? Uh, four. The four. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, were you in every episode, or is it like episodic? Every so it often? was. A, I played a so-called recurring character, okay. which means that she, you know, comes and goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, what did you like about playing uh, uh, Daniel Rousseau? Well, it was you know, I it, it, it seemed to me that it's a uh, you know, it would be, would have been, or was I, I, I I'm not sure how to <laughs> how to uh, articulate that one uh, a, a good role for me uh, because it was so complex and uh, layered and you didn't you never knew who she really was mm-hmm. there was a mystery around her um, it had you know depth and emotion and all kinds of elements the the problem was that it was you know um, so sporadic that I, uh, and so random kind of, you know, yeah. by being there that I, I couldn't really develop it. And oh, okay. that's, that's unfortunately what yeah. happens on sh- big shows like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. With a big cast like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Did you like working in Hawaii? Uh, but of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big draw. That's that why you show. have to play Catholic, right? you know? Hawaii, I mean, unbelievable. I was, I'm so grateful that I got to know Hawaii a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and then I brought my family and we went to the big island, which is a miracle, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most interesting places, I think, on the planet, you know, mm-hmm. because it's 
alive, and it's you can actually see the 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 um, how new land is being formed. You can watch it. Mm. So it's 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 you know geologically and in all kinds of ways, it's it's incredibly incredibly um, interesting. So um, beautiful, beautiful place, and mm. I enjoyed it. That, that's not the only sci-fi epic you've worked on. Um, what's the other big sci-fi epic that fans know you from? Oh, well, Babylon 5. Right. <laughs> How many seasons did that run? Five. 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 And you were on all yeah, five yeah, seasons yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now tell us a little bit about the character you played in Babylon 5. Oh, what a beautiful character that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, this is the spiritual elevated, uh, you know, um, generous, but also tough and dangerous when needed. Mm -hmm. um, she was a d delight to play, really, mm -hmm. and uh, of course Joe Straczynski's writing is, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, I think we all uh, were very happy working on that show. And also, you know, the show had a cast of such wonderful people, and we all stayed in touch, uh, yeah, interestingly good. enough, which never happens, never. Even mm. when you work on a show, you, you, you don't know those people when you're right. not in touch. But um, it's a very isolating business, I think, especially in America. Uh, but Babylon 5 was a, was a different experience. Wonderful, different people. All of us came from completely different backgrounds, but somehow it all clicked and worked. Interesting. And so you're still in touch with those people today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's very unusual. <laughs> very. Yeah. Now, the first couple seasons we saw you, they put you in large prosthetics, uh, and then and then they, then they kind of, you know, lightened them up a little bit. Uh, was that, we talked a li uh, little bit about the uh, being prosthetics. Was that, were, were you able to... Um, be comfortable in them, um, or just, I mean, or just, um, is it, was it something that was cumbersome or, or really uncomfortable? Um, well, you know, when we, when we, when we began, uh, with the pilot, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the I saw it, I spent a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, my makeup was completely, I mean, I was covered. <laughs> my, my, every, every single inch of my face was covered mm -hmm. with, uh, with prosthetic makeup, uh, and I was unhappy, mm -hmm. uh, very unhappy. It kind of intruded into my own sense of myself, you know, uh, who I am really, well, what are my tools in, in, in what I do, and mm -hmm. so on. Who, who is this person? <laughs> who, who am I? <laughs> right. And so on and on. Uh, who is this actor, mm -hmm. you know, with all that stuff? I mean, is that another being? I couldn't quite... Get it. I, I remember when I was so unhappy uh, um, under that makeup um, that Andreas Katsoulas came to me and said, don't, don't do that. I mean, think of it as a, think of how this whole thing began, you know, the history of drama, acting, and so on. It began in Greece with masks. True. <laughs> you know? right. And actually, uh, to put a mask on your face uh, is the essential uh, uh, kind of element of, of this profession, of acting. Right. So, so try to find your, your freedom as an actor in that, in being so restricted. Freedom is in restriction. And, and there, is, there is something to it. You know? mm -hmm. And he showed it. He showed it beautifully, you know, mm -hmm. how he played. Right. Uh, what freedom he had as an actor, you know? I mean, what, yeah. what an incredible character he oh, created. Oh, sure. I mean, as, as, as somebody watching, I mean, you still even, you, you appreciate the what, what the actors are putting forth, it, 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 you know, maybe even more so in some sense than the, mm -hmm. than, than the actors who, are, who have the freedom of not being in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, their, their character seems a little more interesting as far as the... Because they, they have to work a lot harder if they have to put put on the makeup yeah, and the prosthetics. Yeah. Uh, or, or in a different way, somehow mm -hmm. get around it, you know, and find yourself, you know, in your own truth, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and project it through all that. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. It's a very interesting experience. I, I'm glad I had it. Um, you know, but then, you know, there are all the, these technical banal problems, like, you know, you know you have rashes, oh. your eyes, you know, my, I had a big problem with my eye, um, 
that kind of um, was swollen and was tearing and it couldn't mm-hmm. be, and nobody know, knew how. You know, they, they take the makeup with thinners, they mm-hmm. take off the makeup with thinners. I mean, it cannot be good for your, for your skin. I mean, <laughs> I don't think those of us on the other side watch and realize what you have to go through and to, yeah. I mean, Getting into makeup is, I mean, is one thing, but then getting out of the makeup and, and, and to yeah. use all the chemicals and stuff. Your day is much longer than the regular actors. Yeah, yeah they have a much easier you know, job. Be huh? there at four, <laughs> right. they come nicely at seven and are done in five minutes. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. Oh my God, <laughs> you're still not done. I'm already. You're right. I shot my first scene. You know. <laughs> well, as, as Lee said, I mean. People like you, and I mean, definitely deserve that mansion on the hill for you know mm-hmm. having to do the extra mile to yeah. uh, put but the makeup on and uh, and then and then deal with everything just to get it, get off yeah. it every day. Now, with Babylon Five, the first real American series that you were doing, I mean, you've done tons of films. The everything. first American job? No, not the first. Well, I did. A, I did a. Uh, I did a, um, a theater play okay. when I first came to America, but that was the first. TV and uh, before that, most of your stuff was yeah. in Croatia, yeah. Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did had you done any sci-fi before that? <laughs> no. 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 So science fiction was totally I'm trying to think if anything that I did was remotely. even remotely like fantasy based. Uh, no. No. Because you had a, you had a pretty long career. Yeah. In, in Croatia. Too. That's right. When did you start acting? Um, um, well, professionally, my, my, my first professional job was when I was 20. I, okay. I was already studying. I was a student at the Academy of Dramatic Arts, you know, and I got my first job, which was a TV movie uh-huh. in which I starred a very, very hard role of a, of a girl of a, a girl who um, overdoses on drugs okay. and is in every way a lost cause. <laughs> I, I like playing her. Yeah. <laughs> but, a, but a hard and, and, and you know, big role. And that's how it started. And then I started working mm-hmm. continuously yeah. in theater, in film. So what was the name of that movie? In TV. Um, it was called... Um, which means Cross the River, if Cross you can. River. Yeah, and in Croatian, it sounds like... Prijeđi rijeku ako možeš. Oh, cool. Very good. Very good. So, now, has, has Babylon 5 and then Lost, if you can call Lost a sci-fi show, it is, in all intents, a sci-fi fantasy type base. Have you done any, anything else in the sci-fi fantasy world? Or has that been about it? Those have been the two main ones. So I've done an episode of a, of a strange, a very strange episode of a show called... Um, Nightwalker. Okay, you've heard of it. Where I, um, where I played, um, you know, a very old woman. I mean, they put tons of, you know, old age makeup on me. It's just very, very creepy. Was actually even older. You know, she was old, 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 old. So we are already in the realm of fantasy. Right. And then, uh, and she kind of—it's a very bizarre thing, uh, very bizarre premise. She stays young. She's like, you know, five hundred years old or something like that. We realize in the very end of the episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, she. Um, she stays young by uh, killing people and eating their pituitary glands. Charming. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, nice. I like those, those gentle characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but he, she was very... I played her in a very... In an incredibly, uh, you know, sweet and gentle way, actually. Yeah. Well, that makes it more interesting. Was, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was my, she, you know. Well, that makes it you know, even more creepy if she's more. Very creepy. If, if she's acting normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Doing all this creepy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A lot of your characters seem to be a little bit darker. There was, especially, we, we talked about uh, Babylon 5 being like one of maybe the first real dark sci-fi shows. Because it ended up having a dark tone, and now t- t- today you see episodes of like Fringe and and V and Flash Forward, and some of the current sci-fi being very dark. But if Babylon Five came out, a, a, you know, 
having a very dark tone to it before a lot of sci-fi did. Do you think maybe it was ahead of its time in that? You know, I... I or don't you think of it maybe be, as being a dark show? <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't thought about the dark side, but I have thought about uh, how Babylon 5 was actually the avant-garde, you know, in many ways, of what's happening now. Mm-hmm. You know, with Avatar being uh, being nominated for the best uh, picture and so on. I mean, uh, when we did Babylon 5, we were suffering uh, because nobody cared, it seemed to us, mm-hmm. you know, the actors. You know, mm-hmm. it somehow was, you know, the Warner Brothers that produced it never put any publicity in it. Uh, we never knew it was a syndicated show. We never knew where it's going to be. And you know, I mean, the fans never knew where to find it. Right. It was pushed and pushed from yeah. here and there. I mean, it, it really, it survived truly and really only because of the fans. Yeah. Nothing was, you know, the publicity that's put into Lost. I mean, you can't, you can't even, I mean... Right. Uh, there's no comparison. I mean, yeah. it's like two galaxies, you know. So that's what makes it, you know, it's really an underdog that survived right. and meant something to people. But um, but sci- science fiction is becoming, with you know, J.J. Abrams directing uh, the new Star Trek movie, it's becoming mainstream. Yeah. It's already there. Right. And with all these shows on TV and so on. So I think we were, I mean, I think, you know, we, Joe Straczynski was really the, the avant-garde. Yeah. <laughs> True, I mean, but... I, Pioneers. Right. Well, if you look at a lot of current sci-fi, um, you know, Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactic Caprica, um, the new Stargate Universe, um, it's not that maybe sci-fi back in the 90s didn't have depth, but it was a little more, it felt a little more sanitized. Babylon 5 didn't feel yeah. as sanitized. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wonder, I, 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 maybe the shows that are really popular now have, oh, Babylon 5, you know, um, a lot to, you know, yeah, their, yeah. their show's success now because uh, Babylon 5, I, I think Babylon 5 was definitely ahead of its time. Maybe, paved, yeah, yeah. maybe paved the way. Paved the way. Paved the way, paved the way. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and like you said, I mean... I say that too, yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's true. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your character on Lost. Let's uh, jump back to Lost, because we kind of briefly touched on it here at the beginning and talked about the episodes you were in. Talk about who she was, the development of that character for you. and it's, uh, it, it, it seems like... A like something from the past. Um, uh, well, <laughs> How long ago has it been since you You know, I mean, it's... it's, it's The thing, you know, with that character is that it has never been truly developed. So, so that's mm-hmm. my, you know, sadness about it. Mm-hmm. But that's how it is. Um, um, you know, there were glimpses of what it could be, you know, um, but it never really, you know, flew. <laughs> <Never really took laughs> mm-hmm. well, unfortunately, that's what what happened. Um, what I remember as, as the highlight, um, acting-wise, was uh, my first episode, actually. Uh, when you first meet her. Yeah. That was, that was my best episode. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of sad. It is, because you continue to do it for, four other, for you know, three more seasons. So. That's kind of bizarre, yeah. Um, but um, that one with Naveen, Naveen Andrews who is a wonderful actor, and, and, and somehow it felt like a real job, like a real, it felt like you know, we were doing an interesting movie. Mm. Now uh, what, what made that episode or that first experience so stand out so much for you? Uh, it was the best writing, I would say, for me. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it was just the most developed episode for, for that character, that, that's why. And I had an opportunity to, to work with that wonderful actor, you know. Um, and, you know, it went back and forth through, through, through time and so on and so on. That was nice. Then somehow I thought that this is how now we're going to continue. But really what, what happened with that character, she was used to just here and there to just give a flair. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, left, it left you wanting more. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I, can you do? I mean, I remember reading online that you know the fans wanted to see your character come back. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can understand the... Frustration. The frustration. Yeah, yeah the frustration. And, and it, you obviously could have taken so much more if, mm-hmm. if given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's that's you know that's that's my 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 feelings about it. And then you know it's it's one of those jobs where you never know right. what's going to happen. So I I did a couple of movies in my in my own country. So I was not available when they wanted. It, it's it's complicated. It's, yeah. You know it's. Uh, where did uh, where did we last see you in Lost? Where what was the uh, what was happening to your character in the last time you appeared in Lost? Uh, I um, I died of a random bullet. How disheartening. <laughs> I won't even comment on it. A good death. Oh, man. Good death. Where is that big but scene? They, I know. Where's the, Where's the monologue? <laughs> they can always bring you back in a dream sequence, right? Absolutely. <laughs> if they want to. But. Well, you, you, are you still doing... Um, a lot of conventions a year or a few yeah, years? Yeah, um, there was a time, like maybe three years ago, when I uh, uh, did a lot. I mean, people were asking me, how can you, I mean, like, why? But, but there, there was a, it just, it happens that way. It, mm-hmm. It's like a, a circular thing, <laughs> cyclical, I would say, yeah. conventions. And, um, you know, you can't go to one place uh so often, I mean, you know, you, you, you people know you, people have your signature, I mean, right. <laughs> <Bye>. so <laughs> stay you, away. <laughs> so, but uh, there were a couple of years back when I, when I, when I traveled all over Europe and so on and so on. Now I haven't, I haven't done anything in two years. This is my first commission, oh, okay. I think, oh, wow. in, for, in two years, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. gets blurry. Yeah, the time And I was here, you know, I was here, they told me 13 years ago. At Far Point. At Far Point. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that would have been with Babylon 5. Yeah. Right. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> but it wow. stayed on my mind as this lovely, lovely convention. I really, I remember it. Yeah. Well, Are you from here? Uh, we, we live in Pennsylvania. About an hour, oh, okay. hour and a half north. Okay. So okay. Not too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live right in the heart of Amish country. Wow, I you know I did a convention once in Philadelphia, and then right. I took a tour. Then uh, there was a driver who took me all over the okay. country. Mm-hmm. How interesting was that? Uh, um, yeah, it's. It, I mean, we have Amish living all around us. It's uh, fascinating. Um, you get used to it after a while. I mean, do you communicate with them? I mean, do you do they? Do you, I mean? Yeah, how does to, that work? To a point. Yeah. I mean, to a, to a point. Well, I mean, we do. With our, I, I live on a. My, my wife and I live on a farm and have a bed and breakfast right and surrounded by them. And we have very good relationships with our Amish neighbors. So you have a bed and breakfast. Yeah. In the Amish country. It is. Do you want to? You should come stay sometime. Yeah, you have to give me a card. No, really. <laughs> I, I have a card. Because I. Because uh, Marco, my son, is so interested in that. Oh yeah, and, we and I think it's, it's it's really. It's spectacularly interesting, mm-hmm. the yeah. buggies and the oh, yeah. how it can, how people can preserve their way of life for such a long time. I mean, yeah. I'll put my information in the back. This is our podcast card. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll the website, okay. but you can email me there and it would get to me. Cool, so cool, cool, cool. We'll do that then before we go. Yeah, yeah. So, very good. Well, thank you so much for sitting cool. and chatting with us about Lost Babylon 5. Well, Miles, we have got to get ready to head out of here. But before we do, we have to bring you our Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Miles, can you quickly explain what the Sci-Fi 5 and 5 is for, for new listeners that may not be familiar with this? All right. It's, it's a top five list. Um, it could be um, anything from like um, like, the, like the five top shows we're watching or if we just pick something like um, a great um, – Great crash scenes in sci-fi. Great well, we battle scenes. We gotta do that sometime. Right. That's a, yeah, um, That's a great one. Uh, someone needs, maybe you guys, you guys out there need to do that for us. Great crash scenes in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And, and we, 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 we have our own sci-fi five at five that we do ourselves. But we invite you, the listeners, if you have them, uh, send it to us, either email us or, or, or leave a message for us. Um, uh, if we have a guest, sometimes all our guests give them their, us their, their sci-fi five at five. Um, Richard White's was, um, 
his favorite sci-fi movies before Star Wars came out. Yeah, what a very specific one. And uh, mm-hmm. what a better person to speak on it because I certainly couldn't remember him. Right. <laughs> so. Um but um so this is my sci-fi five at five. Um something Scott and I both have a great for great love for is Star Wars. And so um this is a not in any particular order, but I'll just start reading them off. Um great Star Wars quotes. Um this is only five of them, and I'm sure there's 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 tons more. But um, and they're all from Episode Four. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, there is it, which is of course the one that started it all. Right, <laughs> um, uh, Moss Eisley spaceport. You'll never find a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Uh, number four, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Number three, I've got a very bad feeling about this, and I think. This this quote is probably used in all the Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, said by different you know people. Um, number two, which by the way, who is the first person that ever said that quote? Um, I think it was, um, uh, Luke Skywalker. It was Luke Skywalker, but people attribute this quote to Han Solo typically, but I, I, but I've heard Han Solo use it before. Yeah. Um, the second one is, this is uh first one is from, is from Princess Leia. This is some rescue. You came in here and did have a plan for getting us out. And it's from Han Solo. He's the brain, sweetheart. And number one. Of course, may the force be with you. Probably one of the most quoted lines from Star Wars. In, in movie history. Well, thank you, Miles, for your Sci-Fi 5 and 5. And again, if you want to jump on board with that, please feel free to email us. We'll read your Sci-Fi 5 and 5, Miles, won't we? Yes, we so will. So you can send them to us. We'll mm-hmm. read them if you don't want to read them out in the air. You can send them to us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in uh, your an audio and leave a voicemail with your top Sci-Fi 5 and 5. And we'll play that in the show, and you can call in at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. And by the way, if you do want to hear your voice in the show, which we would love to play, by the way, you can also attach it as an MP3 file to that email address I mentioned just a little bit ago. And I guess you could also send it to us through Twitter. Yes, you could get you could you could tweet them, but as well. you only have a hundred and forty characters. So make it brief, very brief. <laughs> yeah, the best one word sci fi titles ever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. This is, uh, so those are some ways that you can get a hold of us. Not only for that, but we encourage you to, you know, just to, to, to let us know what you're thinking about. The fact that, you know, Heroes was canceled. The fact that these new shows are coming in. The flash forward's gone. What are your thoughts about this? We want to know. Please email us, call us, send us a, uh, an audio file. We would love to discuss it. Disagree with us, by all means. Sure. And, um, and we'd love to talk about it on the show and, and then share your thoughts, what you're watching, what you're thinking. And uh, it would just be an awesome – it'd make it an awesome show. We want to know what you're thinking, folks. That It comes down to that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to find out more about us, you can visit us at the sci-fi dinerpodcast.com website. There's videos. There's information on ways you can help us out there as well as just finding out much more news than we ever give you on this show because mm-hmm. – a lot of these stories have a lot of other components that we cut out because of time. Right. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's just one way that you can get a hold of us. You can obviously find us on Twitter, Miles. Yes, uh, I am Son of Warf at Twitter. And I am, I am the Sci-Fi Diner. And <laughs> Sci-Fi Diner on Twitter as well as Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And uh, obviously find us on iTunes. If, you, if you're visiting and hearing us through the website, please subscribe via iTunes if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. You can always subscribe to our MP3 feed straight from our web page. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have iTunes to do this. But if you do and you've listened to through iTunes or you're able to get to iTunes, please leave us a review. We would love to get a review. It gets us noticed a bit more and just uh, gives us a little bit more feedback. Let's us know how we're doing. Um, and I was, I'm listening to a new show called The iPad Show because mm-hmm. my hopes is, of course, to get the iPad. Right. And uh, one of the things they said, and I thought it was so true, you know, let us know. Email us. Don't just let us know what you like about the show. Let us know what you would like us to improve in the show. I mean, right. We, we want to get better. We want to grow. And yeah. uh, the only way we know that is by some constructive hearing, hearing from you guys. Yes. You know, truth in love. You know what they say? Truth in love. Yes. <laughs> well, let's wrap up the show. Okay. Well, folks, uh, it's been great. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Mira from One from Babylon Fire and Lost.
Dad will shoot him? Dad will shoot him? Dad will shoot And you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.